How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are locked on Thunder, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma City Thunder, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Welcome back to another edition of the Locked on Thunder podcast. My name is Carson Cunningham. If you haven't heard, I've taken over for Fred Katz this season on the Locked on Thunder pod. It's Friday and Sam Presti has just given his State of the Union, his State of the Thunder address. We'll talk about that I'll answer some Twitter questions, and I will give, of course, back to the Sam Presti press conference, I will give my five kind of main takeaways from his press conference today, things he had to say about Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. And, uh, yeah, the season's here, guys. I mean, the 10th anniversary for the Thunder. It's really hard to believe that it's the 10th season. I was here my first year in, in TV in Oklahoma City was actually the year they came to Oklahoma City. And so my first, one of my first duties was covering the Thunder. How cool was that? And uh, they were a young team with Westbrook and Durant, obviously. And it's been amazing to see them grow and, and really become a worldwide brand. You know, they're one of the more popular teams in the league, thanks to, to Russell and, and Kevin and things they've done. So it's, it's remarkable that it's the 10th season, and it's, uh, it's one I'm excited to cover with you guys. Um, so, but before we get into the pod, uh, if you would like to sponsor the podcast – Shoot me an email at carsonlockedon at gmail.com. We're looking for some local sponsors uh, to, to sponsor the podcast. A lot of male listeners, a lot of 18 to 44 demographic, uh, which is a target demo for a lot of businesses. So if you're interested in that, shoot me an email. And without further ado, let's hop into the Sam Presti press conference. You know, I've covered Sam, as I said, since the first season, and He's one of the most brilliant people as far as talking for a very long period of time with usually not saying a whole lot of, you know, like headline material, not a lot of things that really stand out. Uh, There's been several times I've covered one of his press conferences and kind of stood there after it was over and was like, wait, what did he say? He he has a tendency to kind of lull you to sleep with with jargon and, and his answers. But I thought today was... Rather interesting. He had a lot of interesting things to say, so I'll, I'll kind of go down my five main takeaways uh, in reverse order to the from fifth being the least uh, biggest takeaway all the way to first. And uh, fifth, he he mentioned that it was his last term on the competition committee. I was unaware that he was on that. Maybe he's touched on that before. Uh, I had no idea. But uh, he, he talked a lot about that and how the NBA now is going to be looking at the closeouts, the situation. You remember Zaza Pachulia injuring Kawhi Leonard really swung that series, really. I mean, the Spurs were up by like 30 on the Warriors. looked like they were going to give them an actual run for their money until that happened. So the Zaza Pachulia play, those type of closeouts will be reviewed from now on. And also the three-point fouls, which just took over the Rockets' Thunder series. And you could tell Sam was frustrated with that all the way back to last season. When he did his press conference at the end of the year, he kept citing how many fouls, the, the, the free throw shooting disparity, and how well the Thunder competed despite that disparity. 
you could tell it really bothered him. And even when he talked about it today, you could tell it was really a, something that got under his skin and I'm sure something he put before the committee. But it's interesting that he's giving up those responsibilities on the uh, competition committee. And then obviously one of his opening statements lines was, was about Paul George, how excited he is to see Paul George in a Thunder uniform. And I am too. Like, it, you know, it's been a while since they made the trade back in July. But when they debuted the new uniforms and Paul George was standing there in an Oklahoma City Thunder uniform, it was kind of surreal, wasn't it? I mean, this is a guy who's been a superstar in the NBA. Obviously, the Thunder have been lacking a lot of star power. When, when Kevin left, they weren't able to replace him with anybody. And really just seeing him in the uniform for the first time was like, oh, yeah, the Thunder are going to be really, really good this year. They're going to be back to contender status. Now, everyone's chasing the Warriors. That's That goes without saying, but... Just the, the sheer sight of Paul George in a uniform should make Thunder fans excited. It obviously makes Sam Presti excited. And uh, it's going to make the Thunder great again. I mean, they're going to be a lot of fun. Russell and him are going to just be a dy- dynamic duo. And um, Sam said, you know, flu- few players on earth affect a basketball game like Paul George. And, he, and he's right. Just I go back to last year. It was funny. I was working at the TV station at KOCO and, uh, I saw a tweet from someone who covers the Pacers saying that the, the Pacers fans were booing Paul George. And I, I can't remember why. I'd have to go back and look. But all of a sudden, the idea popped in my head, like, man, that's a guy the Thunder should trade for. You know, if, if Indiana's unhappy with him and his contract's coming up in the next couple of years, like, why not go get Paul George? And I was even willing at the time to trade Victor Oladipo and Steven Adams. And people just were beside themselves that I would even consider trading Steven Adams. And, and the point I was making was, look, I love Steven, but if you can get Paul George, I think you have to do it. And not only did Sam get Paul George, he didn't have to give up Steven. He gave up Oladipo and obviously uh, Domas Sabonis. So it's just a one-year deal, though. I mean, we don't know if Paul George will resign, but just the way Sam pushed his chips to the center of the table and got Paul George was incredible. And and the haul he had to give up wasn't – you know, it wasn't backbreaking. It, it gave up a little bit of their future with, with Sabonis and, and Oladipo. Both were signed long-term. I think that was the appeal for Indiana. But you got to give Sam Presti. And, like, if anyone was doubting Sam Presti as a GM, just just look at that trade. I mean, the, the trades this guy is able to pull off are just incredible, and he usually comes out on the other side of it. And uh, the third main takeaway I had was um, kind of shocking. Uh, Russell Westbrook had a, a platelet-rich plasma injection, a PRP knee injection into one of his knees. We hadn't heard anything about that. He, Sam kind of willingly we spoke about that, and that's not good. I mean, I know he says it's not serious, um, and PRP injections are very common nowadays. I've even had one, actually. I injured my back uh, a few years ago, and when I was doing some therapy, that I had one in, in my lower back. And, um, I mean, it's a pretty common procedure, and I know Alex Abrinas had one in the playoffs last year but you know Russell's approaching 30 you don't want any operations on your knees but I'm I'm not worried about it but it's interesting nonetheless and something we'll have to watch he's not he's going to sit out the first few days of training camp according to Sam Presti so that's that was kind of a stunner wasn't it I mean Russell's been making the rounds he's been out on on Ellen been on Jimmy Fallon and again that 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 illustrates that a PRP injection is not that big a deal he's not going to be on like crutches or anything but it is surprising that he's dealing with that before the season even gets started so that's that's a concern and and something we'll have to monitor moving forward and and secondly speaking of Russell still hasn't signed a contract Um, I thought he might have signed the first week of August that's kind of when he signed his extension the previous year when Kevin left was the first week of August people were panicking for about a month and then he re-signed and they had a big parade and 
the big press conference that you remember and all that. But um, I'm kind of surprised he hasn't signed. Now, I guess my last real deadline would be, you know, he has till October 16th, but if he starts going through training camp next week and still hasn't signed, then I I just assume he's not going to sign until the end of the year. That's something that, um, you know, and it makes sense for Russell to wait. Although, you know, if someone puts $220 million in front of me, I'm signing now. He has to think about his future. You know, as I said, he's approaching 30. Does he want to sign a five-year deal into his mid-30s with one team, or does he want to sign a shorter-term contract? That kind of seems to be all the rage now with these superstars like LeBron James and Kevin Durant signing much shorter deals to kind of keep their their options open. So, I mean, I think Thunder fans should rightfully be concerned he hasn't signed, and at this point it's looking like he may not, although I'll, I'll reserve judgment until training camp gets started next week. Um, but uh, – I think that would put a lot of people at ease if he signs his extension. And finally, number one, you knew he was going to get asked about Kevin Durant. This is one of the first question from our man Barry Trammell here in Oklahoma City. and uh, You knew Sam would take the high road. Look, Sam always has done that regardless of who he's talking about, whether it be Patrick Beverly, as he termed it, crashing into Russell Westbrook's knee, whether it's Kevin Durant tweeting about Billy Donovan. You knew he was going to take the high road, and he said he had nothing bad to say about Kevin. That wasn't very surprising at all. Um, it is surprising, though, that just Kevin's comments in general on Twitter. Like Again, he was tweeting in third person, so we don't know if he was defending him against NBA narratives or if this is how he really felt about Billy Donovan. But, man, I go back to the, the series, Billy Donovan's first playoff series with Kevin. Maybe Billy was not fun to play for. I have no idea. I never heard any rumblings about Billy Donovan and Kevin Durant not getting along. All I know is Billy Donovan coached his tail off in the playoffs. I think he outcoached Rick Carlisle. I think he outcoached Greg Popovich, which I think some people might fall out of their chair when I say that. But go back to the Spurs series. He made Andre Robertson an offensive threat, an offensive force, really scoring in double digits practically every game, running the baseline. They had no adjustment for Andre Robertson crashing the boards the way he was as well. He made Andre Robertson, of all people, a real threat on the offensive end, and I thought really out-schemed the Spurs because Kevin Durant really didn't play well throughout the entire playoffs. That's something no one really talks about, but he had a, he had a bad playoffs, one of his worst of his career, maybe the worst, because his first playoff series was one series. Or his first playoff season was one series against the Lakers when he was – uh, sophomore, you know, third year in the NBA. But uh, he was able to get around Kevin not playing well against the Mavericks. Had a, He had a monster game against the Spurs one time and then for the most part didn't play up to his Kevin Durant standards, which admittedly are incredibly high. And then the Warriors series. I mean, he went toe-to-toe. He was up 3-1 to one on the Warriors, without, again, without Kevin Durant playing all that great. Just go look up Kevin's numbers from the, the Warriors series. They're not good. I think he shot like 28% from three in the entire playoffs and in the Warriors series as a whole. So, I mean, the point is, I think Billy Donovan's a good coach. I think he proved that his first playoff series. I, I do think he made some questionable decisions against the Rockets in terms of lineups. But the point is, Billy Donovan proved he's a good coach, and I don't, I don't think we ever heard that, that Kevin was upset with Billy. But, again, that came straight from Kevin. So uh, it was interesting to hear uh, Sam Presti kind of elude any and all Kevin Durant questions today during his State of the Thunder address. And it is kind of, I am Kevin Doubt. I'm just like you guys, I'm sure. I'm, I'm tired of talking about Kevin and leaving and, 
you know, cupcake and all, all that stuff. But when stuff like this keeps happening, where Kevin, you know, tweets about his former organization, his former coach, it's a huge story. And Kevin's to blame for it being a huge story. So I, and I do think it's kind of silly. It's been going on now since Kevin left, where Kevin will say something, and so we'll we'll be at Thunder practice and we're like, hey, did you hear Kevin say this? Or vice versa, Kevin will hear some like Russell say something. It's almost like the media has to be like the dude in the, the hallway in high school that's like the gossip dude or gossip queen that like, hey, did you hear so-and-so said this about you? What do you say about that? And they relay it back and forth. So it does get a little childish sometimes, but let's be honest. I mean, Kevin Durant leaving the Thunder has forever shifted uh, the, the history of the franchise. and it, It's a massive moment in the franchise history, and anytime it comes up in terms of, of Kevin talking about the Thunder or ripping the Thunder, as it were, on, on Twitter, it's – it's a big story. Um, I also asked for Twitter questions, but uh, before we get to that, if you would like to sponsor the podcast, send me an email at CarsonLockedOnThunder at gmail.com. I'll get back to you, and I'll, we'll discuss rates and all that. But again, if you want to sponsor the podcast, shoot me an email. And I'm going to try, try and take Twitter, Twitter questions throughout the podcast this season. It's a fun way to interact with you guys. Uh, I did get <laughs> did get some funny ones, which always have a better chance of, of getting me to answer them. Uh, but I do appreciate anyone who tweeted uh, questions to me. This is a great one from, from Morgan Evans. He says, do the Thunder have a chance at a championship now that it – or does Locked on Thunder have a chance at a championship now that it's not playing with those Fred Cats, which is obviously an allusion to, <laughs> to Kevin Durant saying playing with those cats in terms of the Thunder not being any good besides him and Russell. Uh, Locked on Thunder's definitely got a chance at a championship uh, now that we're not playing with Fred Katz and those cats. But, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Fred was really cool and open to me joining the pod and kind of shared some insight on how he went about it last year and, and really was really kind to come on the podcast for the first show. So, great question, Morgan. I laughed. So, there you go. And uh, Jed Ferguson asks, how many burner accounts do you have to have to clap back at the haters? Another Kevin Durant reference. I don't have any burner Twitter accounts. There's times I wish I did because people, it's amazing what people will say to you on Twitter. They take it far too seriously and, and say some ridiculous things they would never say in person or if their employer was watching. That's why I can't really clap back. You know, I, I have to be Mr. TV guy here in Oklahoma City. I can't just, I can't just like eviscerate people kind of like Clay Travis does on Twitter, which, which I would love to sometimes. I've always been tempted to do that, but I, I can't do that anymore. So I don't have a burner account, although, you know, if I did, I would make sure I was logged into the right one before I, I clapped back, unlike Kevin. Uh, Matt Quaid asks, on a scale from one to Russell Westbrook at New York City Fashion Week, how excited are you that the NBA has switched to Nike? I'm beside myself. I'm beside myself too, Matt. I've never been an Adidas guy. They seem pretty bland with a lot of their apparel. And as you saw at that Nike unveiling, Nike's cutting edge, man. They always have been, and it's always cooler to wear Nike anyway. But I think some of the uniforms they've come up with are really cool. I liked Indiana's concept. The uh, Timberwolves is a little loud with the lime green. But uh, the Thunder, the new Thunder uniform's awesome. As much as I love the, I, lo- I do miss the sunsets, the orange ones they, they wore on Sundays. I thought that was their best uniform with just a big OKC on the front. Uh, it's a shame that they're not keeping those and not getting rid of uh, some other alternate they might have. But I love the new uniforms. The more I see, the more I like. Paul George looked great in it. I mean, the 
it's so hard not to just have OKC on the front regardless. I wish they would just put OKC on their regular blue uniforms as well. The Oklahoma City's too long, and I don't like them both being on the top, but the new uniforms look great, and it's by far the coolest uniform I think they've had yet, and I think Nike's a big a big reason for that. Um, and I, I, I don't know if this is a Nike thing or a Thunder thing, but I have noticed ever since Kevin Durant has left, sorry to bring it back to Kevin, but it's true, their social media and the Thunder's just general outlook on how they do business has completely changed. They used to be far more buttoned up, far more boring, frankly, with their social media, with their just everything that they're doing. And it seems like they're trying to be a little more cool, a little more relaxed, a little more fun. Because I do think that's something that bothered Kevin and something that I think appealed to him about the Warriors. The Warriors are carefree. They say whatever they want's on their mind and but that's not the way the Thunder do things media-wise and just their general way they go about business. You know, Kevin said he felt like a drill sergeant. So I do think Kevin leaving kind of jarred them a bit on, on their approach. It's like, man, we got to make things fun for these guys too. And I think they're going to try and keep Paul George too as well. So I think – I don't know if the uniforms are part of that change as well, but it's something I have noticed with the Thunder is they've completely changed their their personality just across the board as far as – Social media, Twitter, they've started posting like funny GIFs. Like, that's a complete 180 from what they used to tweet out on their official Twitter account. But no, I, I love the uniforms, Matt. I'm excited to see what the, the other ones look like. I think their home and roads aren't changing, but I think they will have one more alternate as well. So that's something that uh, I am looking forward to. So, again, Thunder Training Camp starts next Monday. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, media Days on Monday, actually. And, uh, yeah, Thunder season is, is here, folks. And I know Fred was churning out daily podcasts. That's what I'm going to be doing this season as well. Uh, but Thunder are going to be really, really good this year. They're going to be a contender. I think people are low on them as far as their win total, as far as their playoff projections. Uh, but stay tuned next week. We'll, we'll talk much more about the season. We'll preview a lot of the positions, a lot of the starting lineup, uh, and what the Thunder are going to look like this year. It's a completely different team with Paul George and Patrick Patterson and on down the line of new players joining and, I'm excited to cover it with you here. So I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, We'll catch up with you next week. This has been Locked on Thunder. I'm Carson Cunningham. Talk to you then. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. When Flow flows, she flows in the know. Mind ruminates the rates. Shown them all, I heed the call. Seeing the rest, I choose the best sometimes it's ours sometimes it's not when the fox walks is it called a fox trot that's a real question compare progressive direct rates with competitors rates visit progressive.com progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates comparison rates not available in all states or situations prices vary based on how you buy